Thank you. So, hi everyone. I'm Sonia Jean Killebrew, and this is my oral history project, Black America and COVID. I'll give, I'll give a little background about why I started it and who my family ancestry is, and then I'll introduce my, my esteemed guest. So I started this podcast during Black History Month of 2022 because I wanted to provide a platform for Black Americans to share their stories about living and or working and or going to school during the COVID-19 pandemic. I also wanted to provide a space for people to memorialize someone who is Black American who sadly lost their life to COVID-19 or someone they lost during the pandemic. I was inspired by the work of anthropologists and author Zora Neale Hurston to record the experiences of Black Americans in their own voices. My goal is to get my recordings into museums such as the Smithsonian Museum of Afri African American History and Culture. Now I'll just share a little bit about me and my family. I'm Black American, I'm a writer, I'm a teacher. My dad was African American and Indigenous American. My mom is Jamaican American. I'm actually a fourth generation teacher. My mom is a retired New York City teacher. My grandmother was a teacher in Jamaica for 20 years and then another 20 years in New York City. And my great-grandmother in Jamaica, she was the daughter of an Irish woman and a black man. She was a teacher until she got married, then she had to stop working because it was considered inappropriate for a woman to work when she got married in the 1800s. Now, ironically, my mother began teaching after she got married in the late 1900s, like close to the turn of the century. So without further ado, I'm really excited to speak with my guest today. So please tell us your name and where you're from. I am, um, I'm Maurice Wilson. Um, I'm originally from Roanoke, Virginia. I was born and raised there. Uh, I'm an actor, um, a writer. Um, I've been, I've gotten into producing it in, in the last couple of years and um, I love bourbon, I love whiskey, uh, <laughs> hamburgers. Uh, um, so yeah, I'm, Sonia, thank you so much for inviting me to do this. And uh, I just thank you so much. It's this, this is really a cool opportunity. Um, so my family history, um, so I, I considered myself um, Black American. Um, so I, you know, I'm from Virginia. My, my dad is from there. My mom is actually from Georgia, uh, right in Southern Georgia, a small town called Soberton. Um, the nearest big city I would say is Augusta. And that's about, let me think here. I remember driving, let's see here. It's about a hundred miles away from Augusta. So it's like really deep into Georgia. Um, and I still have like a whole uh, slew of family and friends down there. Um, let's see. Um, my ethnicity. Uh, so I consider myself, I'm, I'm Black American, of course. Um, I don't know, unfortunately, that, that much about our family background. Um, I do know that we have some Cherokee Indian in our family. And, um, and that's about it. Um, and it's really interesting. If you were to see my parents, um, my dad is, he's not dark, but he's, um, 
like a like a dark brown and my mom she's really light um so i think maybe that's the cherokee indian or maybe it's some other kind of um influence back there what was it like for you living and or working in 2020 and oh, 2021 yeah. during the pandemic yeah so that uh oh man it's such really a tough time um so right before the pandemic, I was, you know, working, uh, bartending and serving in restaurants in the city here in New York City. And um, then the pandemic happened. And so, of course, I was out of work. Um, so I took it upon myself um, to, I guess, to like uh, rediscover some interest that I had before. Because, um, you know, in lockdown, it was like a time for, I guess, a lot of people to like, I guess, uh, reconsider themselves, I guess, and to take stock or to, um, or whatever. Um, so what I did was, um, so I, um, I took French in high school and college. So I just kind of, I looked up at great courses online, this thing called great courses. And um, I just dove right into French again. And uh, that was really cool. And then um, started drawing a little bit because I had an interest in drawing um, a long time ago. And um, so I started doing that. And then um, and it's really interesting during the lockdown, um, it kind of gave me a renewed, um, how should I put it? Um, it kind of reinvigorated my career to, uh, because um, I, there's, I was, had time and I was like, let me just devote more time to my acting career. Because um, before the pandemic, um, I was just kind of um, um, a little bit depressed, I would say, just because of where my career was not going. And um, so um, I was working, working all the time as well. So I didn't um, prioritize acting. Um, but I, ironically, during the pandemic, during lockdown, um, I started to work a little more than I had in years. So um, I worked with you, Sonia, on a project. And um, I also did um, let's say a Zoom um, reading of a musical. And we did that in person uh, this past fall in upstate New York. Um, Let's see what else. Um, I took a Groundlings sketch writing course. Um, the Groundlings is a famous improv theater uh, school in um, Los Angeles. And because um, everything is on Zoom, I could take a, uh, a sketch writing class out of there. So um, I got, um, so I did my sketch writing and um, I got some good reviews from my teacher and my fellow classmates. So that was really um, empowering and cool because I, I love comedy. I love to laugh. I love to make, make people laugh. And so, um, and then uh, right around the same time I was taking the Groundlings course, that was in June of 2020. 2020. Um, and uh, there was a lot of, I'm, I live in Brooklyn. And so there was like a lot of protesting going on. And I remember one particular Saturday, um, I was actually scheduled to uh, do a reading with you, uh, Sonia. And, um, and I remember that morning, um, I got up that Saturday morning and um, I made the mistake of looking online at um, like a, a former church uh, member, uh, members of a Facebook page. And she was talking about, and she's a white, um, a white, you know, American. And she said something to the effect as, uh, why are they protesting? This is, this is wrong. And, you know, all lives matter, all this kind of stuff. And I just kind of, I was shocked because um, this, was, this was supposed to be a Christian person, you know, and, um, and during that time, you know, um, you know, George Floyd had just been murdered. And of course, 
and of course, you know, um, Brianna Taylor before that. And so it was just, um, I just couldn't understand like why this Christian woman uh, couldn't see that uh, there's a crisis going on with black America and how they didn't, they just don't value us. And so um, I remember getting really just angry and pissed off. And so, um, and so I, um, I remember I called a friend of mine and I just talked to my friend, just, I was really upset. And then um, um, the talk didn't really help much. So I was like, let me go ahead and meditate. So I told my friend, I'll call them back later, started meditating. And then right in the meditation, I'm like, oh crap, I'm missing the reading. I'm missing, uh, you know, you're reading Sonia. So um, I, uh, I remember I, um, I just jumped out of my meditation. I emailed you and called you and uh, sent you a text and gracefully you um, um, responded back to me a little after the reading and you were like, um, you just understood. And because uh, I, I was, I'm a professional, you know, and I just wanted to, um, I, I'm, I'm always, when I'm attached to a project, I'm in, if there's a rehearsal, I'm like early. And so, um, but you know, that, that time period, you know, um, it was just really hard and, um, and depressing. And so I just forgot about the reading and, um, and you gave me a second chance. And so we, um, I think we did the reading like maybe a month later and it uh, turned out really well. And then we, I think we filmed uh, the piece twice. And so, um, yeah, so that was like a, um, a great opportunity. I loved your play. I was wondering, could you share, was it different for you to act on Zoom as opposed to yes. on stage? Like, how is it different? Oh my, it's, it's the weirdest thing uh, because you're not, so for actors, you know, um, and you know, for theater and um, less so with film, but film is a little bit different animal. But uh, when you're, as an actor, you feed off, you wanna be in the room with people. You want to feel their energy. You want to be able to touch them um, look them in the eye, you know, um, face to face, because um, you you pick up on that energy, um, in you know, in that same space. And I think um, that's why uh, I love acting because you're opposite someone, you're in their space, uh, you get in their face, and you're just you're doing whatever you know. And um, it's uh, it's kind of like a um, it's kind of like, for me, it's um, just empowering. It's um, connecting with another human being. It's, um, and I like to say, um, whenever I'm acting, it's a, it's a chance for me to prove or to show you my humanity, to prove um, what's possible in the world, you know? Um, so, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I kind of went on a tangent. What did, I'm sorry about your- No, no. <laughs> no, you answered the, the question because you talked about how the energy is different. Like, yeah, so on Zoom though, what's great about Zoom though, and um, I will say this, is you have to really um, pay attention to your scene partner because there's a screen there. And um, you have to, you have to be really, you have to really, really, really listen. Like acting is listening and reacting um, in simplest forms. Um, but, um, and I'll go even further, like for, uh, for me, uh, cause I grew up, not that I grew up, but I, um, my main training in acting was uh, the Meisner technique. So it's um, all about living truthfully under imaginary circumstances. And so whatever, whatever that truth means for you um, and your character, given uh, the circumstances of the play or the film, um, you act in those parameters. 
And so, um, so on Zoom, I have to really work hard to um, make sure I'm looking at the person on the screen, trying to pick up their eye movements, their facial movements, um, their voice. And I have to react truthfully, um, whatever somebody's giving me, you know? And so that, it, so I think it made me um, actually maybe a better actor just because I had to really hone in on um, listening and uh, responding accordingly, so. Yeah. Wow, thank you. It's, I'm always um, fascinated to hear the experience of actors because as a writer, I don't want to be on screen. <laughs> yeah, wow. um, it's, it's a weird thing. So like in real life, it, um, I'm kind of shy. Uh, once, once you get to know me though, then you know, you'll see how silly I am and nutty or whatever. And I'm you know, much more looser, but um, yeah, I'm just, um, but once, you know, I'm just really shy in real life. And, and, and I have to be really comfortable with you to like open up and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but once, if I'm on stage with you and I barely know you, um, I just, I don't know what it is. It's just, I, I just come alive and I'm open and I don't know you, but we're sharing this space and this is what I love to do. And so I'm on it, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's the greatest feeling in the world to be able to act. It's just, um, yeah, it's just, it's really important to me. And um, I'm glad that um, one of the, 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 uh, the good things of this pandemic is just um, uh, realizing, um, I guess falling in love back, falling back into love uh, with acting. Um, and um, any of the opportunities I've had, it's been really amazing. Um, I recently, uh, one of the most um, important pieces I did, um, it's um, a piece based on uh, a woman named Sissy Retta Jones. And she was this African-American um, singer during the late 1800s and early 1900s. And I was uh, fortunate to be cast in this production. Um, we did um, a, a formal um, reading on, see, is Martin Luther King Day in uh, 2021. And that was the first time um, I was in the piece and um, we had a great um, online audience. Um, and, uh, and one of the highlights was, um, I had no idea this uh, person was uh, viewing us, but like after the reading, um, there's a Q and A. And um, so various people, you know, um, was spotlighted and uh, they shared their views um, on the piece. And then um, one of the last people to come up was Neil deGrasse Tyson. And I was freaking out because this is just this luminary uh, science guy is amazing. And um, he had some really great uh, things to say about our piece. Uh, I'm gonna paraphrase him, but he says something to the effect of, um, um, I really enjoyed what you guys did. Um, I know nothing about the arts. I know nothing about acting, but please keep doing this because we really need you. And that was just, I was just, amazed that he said that and uh, I took it to heart and uh, I loved it. It was just, so, um, you know, um, we were all appreciative of uh, him being on there and just watching us, it was amazing. And then, um, and then many months later, um, September of this past, uh, sorry, September of 2021, we were invited to do the piece um, in front of a live audience in upstate New York at the um, 
Bethel Center for, I'm sorry, Bethel Center for the Arts. And um, so we did like a one day um, workshop there and we got, we got like a nice little crowd and um, we had a great reception. And, um, and so I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping this year that we can get into, a, the organizers can get into a live theater at some point because it's a really important piece. Um, Sister Betta Jones is someone that um, is not readily, um, in my opinion, like, like, I didn't even know she existed until I was cast. And um, so um, to, oh, to go back to my um, initial, um, I guess, sentence about Sister Betta Jones. Um, so she was this um, famous singer in the late, eight, late 1800s and early 1900s. And uh, she's going to like different clubs in, you know, America and uh, Europe just singing and everyone loved her voice. Um, other critics, you know, uh, praised her voice and they compared her to um, a, an, uh, a European um, singer named Idolina Patty. And a lot of, a lot of journals called her the Black Patty. And um, the sister Betty, she didn't like that, of course, because, you know, she was her own woman and she didn't like um, being compared to like this, you know, uh, white woman. Um, nothing against that, but it's just like she was her own person, you know? And so, um, um, so then um, at a certain point she had to, her mother got sick. So she had to, you know, stop, you know, um, singing and take care of her mother. And I, and I believe during that period, um, she um, had um, lost a lot of her fortune because um, when she was singing and she had her own, this woman was remarkable. She was an entre entrepreneur. She had her own group of singers and uh, performers and, um, and she was able to, you know, pay them as they toured. Um, and she amassed a great fortune. Like she was just really smart about money. And um, so, um, so by the time that she, uh, you know, left the business, she had to take care of her mother. And unfortunately, um, and I, I can't remember exactly, I think it was because she, you know, took care of her mother, um, she wasn't working and then she um, lost a lot of her fortune. And so tragically, she, uh, when she passed away, um, she couldn't, um, she didn't have like um, a proper burial in a sense. Um, she didn't have like enough money to have a proper tombstone. Um, so it wasn't until 2018 where a bunch of people got together and they um, you know, donated some funds and she was uh, able to get like a proper tombstone. And, um, and fortunately I was able to go see her gravesite um, in late September. It's, uh, so her gravesite is in Providence, Rhode Island. And, um, and it was just um, very poignant for me. Um, I actually um, was very teary-eyed at her gravesite because um, I was just thinking about, this is another black performer that didn't get her due, that, um, uh, that didn't get the recognition that she deserved when she was living. And um, I think um, I'm hoping um, uh, that her name will, um, start to be more prominent now, um, um, just because she was just a very important figure um, in American history. Um, she was a black woman singing, entertaining uh, people, and um, she's giving herself to her art. And she went through, of course, she went through sexism and racism. And, um, you know, it's just, but she did it anyway, she made it work. And that kind of drive, that kind of, um, courage and tenacity is, um, is just um, extraordinary. And it's, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Extraordinary. And it's just, it's uplifting because like for me, um, um, seeing what she went through, um, you know, in much harder times, you know, makes me think, okay, I can, I can continue, you know? Um, of course I have my own challenges in, you know, uh, in America, you know, cause it's still racism, but um, I, I like to think that it's better now. Um, but, you know, um, I say that, but like in the last couple of years, uh, things seem to have gotten worse um, in terms of like um, our lives um, being, um, being a, uh, our lives um, mattering. I'm making a word of mattering um, or- um, Yeah. 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 Did you attend any of the Black Lives Matter protests? Um, I also, I wanted to, um, I really, I really, really wanted to. And, um, but I was afraid of getting coronavirus, you know? And at the time, you know, there wasn't any, um, you know, any vaccines. Um, and, uh, and then I, some of my other friends, they went and I was um, kind of jealous because they were doing that. And I, so I live, um, also live, I have two roommates and one of them is immune compromised. So I didn't want to like, um, um, you know, bring, potentially make her sick, you know? And right. so, um, right. um, so I had to, that to think about, but I was, I have to say, Sonia, I was really, um, I was sad that I didn't do it. Um, I actually got in my head a little bit. Um, I thought maybe I was letting, you know, black people down and then, uh, you know, cause I'm, I'm all for like, um, people standing up for their rights and protesting. I'm all for that, but I felt down about it. And so I was really hard on myself right. and, um, one of my friends actually uh, kind of put me straight. Uh, he said, um, Maurice, you know um, that you don't, you don't owe anyone anything. Um, if you want to protest, you can, you do it. If not, if you're not able to, or you don't want to, that's fine as well. But you just being um, a black American, you are already, um, uh, you're already a symbol of, uh, or you're, how did he put it? I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm, to, I'm trying to remember how he put it. It was really interesting the way he put it. Um, I think, I'm, I'm trying to remember here, he said something to effect like, um, just by you um, wanting to do it and you by staying abreast of the situation and situations and, and you just walking around as a black man, you are, you are doing the cause, you, you're, you know, just but just by existing and just by right. um, going going through, you know, um, by living and like doing what I want to do, I'm I'm um, giving a voice to the cause. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. working as an actor yeah. during, in America, where we know racism still exists, like your life, you are representing the fact that your life as a Black American it matters. And yes. you're a living testimony that Black Lives Matter. So I agree. Oh, thank you. Thank you so friend. much. I was wondering um, if you'd like to share if you sadly lost anyone during the pandemic. Ah, uh, yeah. So um, in addition to, um, you know, being in lockdown in 2020 and part of 2021, I guess. Well, more in 2020. Um, so, you know, my family's still in Virginia and um, my brothers are still there. Um, one of them was in and out of the hospital during 2020 and 2021. And um, another reason um, 
it just this whole experience was so hard for me is because I couldn't be down there um, to help out my parents and to help my, help my brother. Um, so he was in and out of the hospital. I won't go into details, but he was in and out of the hospital. Um, and then um, when I when I got vaccinated, I went down to Virginia to you know just see my folks after a year plus. And um, my brother was in, in a rehab facility in Northern Virginia at the time in May of 2021. And, um, but I was able to see him. Um, he came, he came, got out of um, this rehab center and he came home and uh, I spent some good quality time with him before I came back to New York. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so I came back to New York uh, later, well, late May and then, um, you know, spent, you know, some time here in New York. Um, and then on a whim, I did um, background for Saturday Night Live. So um, I did that and then um, it was early October and then I did it again in middle, mid-October. Oh, live. Yeah, Saturday Night Live. Um, I did background. Oh, thank you. I don't know if I told you about that, but I did background for them. But here's a, here's the weird part. The second time I did uh, background for them, um, this, I think it was like October, uh, what was it, 12th? Um, I had just gotten tested for COVID and everything was fine. I was walking out of the studio uh, because they, um, I was supposed to shoot that Friday. And uh, so I, uh, that Wednesday, you know, I tested and I was okay. And then on the way to the subway, my mom calls and I knew something was up because she never calls me, you know, midday. So, um, um, I picked up the phone and I was like, hi, mom, what's going on, you know? And um, she went into how my brother was in the hospital. Um, he had seven cardiac arrest um, and um, it was for about 40 minutes. And so like, of course, when you have cardiac arrest, you're not getting any oxygen to your brain. And so it was very serious. And so I'm like, all right, mom, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come home. Um, but I was supposed to shoot Friday. So I was thinking, all right, let me think here. Let me go ahead and do this Saturday Night Live thing. He's in the hospital. I'm going to pray that he'll be okay. Let me do this shoot and then I'll head down to Virginia. So um, I shot Saturday Night Live on uh, that Friday. And then I um, came back to Brooklyn, packed, and then Saturday morning I went down to Virginia. Um, so when I shot the scene for Saturday Night Live, I wasn't paying attention because uh, um, I guess I was, I wasn't, I guess I, I was sad, but I was trying to push that away because I needed to try to be a little funny and whatever. Uh, and so, um, so they, um, so when they shot me, I was in a scene by myself and I wasn't paying attention to the parameters of that. So, um, cause I just, I guess I was trying to just do my job and then get out of there and get home, get to home to Virginia. Yeah. So then um, a couple of days later um, on a Tuesday, um, I get an email from the casting director and he's like, Maurice, we upgraded your contract from background to under five. And I'm like, what? That's amazing. And you know, under five for Saturday Night Live is kind of rare because they don't just, a lot of times those small parts, they just give it to the main cast members or whatever. I feel like that was a, a gift for my brother Marcus uh, because he was my strongest, one of my strongest like advocates. Like every time um, I would go home, he's like, Maurice, I want you to get that big role. I want you to, you know, whatever, whatever. I want you to, I want you to succeed, Maurice. You're my hero, and um, and every time he said hero, it it just kind of um, I was 
that word to me, I just, I felt like I wasn't worthy of that word. Um, but I guess, um, um, and he told me this um, a couple times before, um, and throughout the years, like he, uh, he admired me for like going after, for to going after what I want to do and what I, what I want, you know? And so I think um, um, when he said hero, I think um, what I like to think is that uh, he respected my decision to, you know, leave home, come to New York, train as an actor and try to make it. And I've, I've been making it. Um, so I, I think that's where that, I guess that hero thing came from, but um, I just I kind of shy away from that because I don't see myself as that. But anyway, um, so um, yeah, so then um, he passed away the following Wednesday and, um, and that was really, really difficult because um, I, I lost my grandparents, but they weren't, um, I lost my grandparents before like a, couple, a few years ago, but, um, and of course I was sad, but this was my brother and it just hit on a different level. Um, so he passed away on November 17th of 2021. And um, uh, of course, I'm still not over it. I'm trying to work through it. Um, there's some days that are good. Some days that I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Am I coming or am I going? I, you know, my thought processes are just kind of like weird and all over the place. <coughs> oh, excuse me, I'm so sorry. And um, so, um, but I will say this is a strange thing, and I, I, the reason I say that that um, that that part on Saturday Night Live was probably a gift from Marcus in some way. Um, the reason I think this, and this is, um, so that week um, I got something in the mail from him, and I, out of all my time in New York, he has never ever sent me anything in the mail ever. And so um, it was just the weirdest thing that Monday, he, um, he sent me some CDs and, um, and I kept telling him before, I don't have a CD player, but he just, <laughs> he, just uh, he just gave me some of his favorite CDs. It's like a Tupac CD. And uh, I think it was a Janet Jackson. And there's one other one. Um, uh, I think it was Michael Jackson. And so there's some of his favorite artists and he just mailed me his CDs and like, I can't play these, but <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so I, uh, so then when that Wednesday, um, and that was a strange thing too, that Wednesday when I was learned of everything, I went back to Brooklyn and um, I got some more um, CDs from him in the mail. It was just the weirdest thing. And um, so then fast forward, I'm in Virginia and you know, I, um, you know, going, um, I had to make up, um, save costs on the funeral because they the funeral home, they just wanted to charge an arm and a leg for the program. So I made up a nice program for my brother and that was really difficult to do. Um, like <laughs> making a program up for your younger brother is just, mm. it's just, it's heartbreaking. It's um, surreal. It's just, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I don't know how to put it into words. It's just uh, devastating, you know, it's heart wrenching. And, uh, but I wanted to be right. And so I spent a lot of time doing the program and, uh, and mom and dad, they were like, they're so appreciative of it. Uh, it's, they said I did a good job and, and, um, and that, that really meant a lot to me because I just wanted to make my parents' life a little easier. Um, you know, trying to take care of different things um, for my brother and just for the logistics of like, um, 
uh, getting the programs out and just um, doing errands to my parents and um, all that kind of stuff. I'm just trying to um, make their lives a little easier. Of course, it wasn't easy, you know, them putting their son into the ground, but it was, um, um, gosh, it's just so weird. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just, I don't know how to, um, and me, me talking about this, it's just, uh, it's, it's just weird. Uh, mm -hmm. It's, it's unreal. Um, yeah. Um, one of my friends um, uh, last week, um, she asked me, are you okay? And I'm like, um, no, I'm not okay. And I'm not gonna be okay for a long time. And I'm okay with that. Because it's just, um, it's just something I need to grow through. Um, I'm never gonna be okay with my brother's death. Um, but I guess, um, I guess I have to find ways to um, uh, just kind of exist in, um, and just kind of, uh, I guess this thrive again, just because he would want me to keep going. Right. And, um, so I just have to, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm learning that now. I'm just trying to um, figure out like uh, what's, what's really important. Um, actually his death has really put into relief what is really important and what's not. And so I'm kind of stripping things away that are not important to me anymore. Um, Cause I know like the, you know, of course before, you know, I've always heard the saying, you know, um, you don't have all the time in the world that you think you do. And, um, but like his death, it just really shocked me into that, you know, um, yeah. like, it's okay, yeah. Things can turn, uh, your life can just turn in, into a different direction in an instant. And um, and it's it's just uh, it's jarring. It's um, um, of course it could be in a good way as well. You can your life can turn into you know um, instantly like in a good way as well. But the the uh, the opposite can happen too. Your your life just be turned upside down in you know a tragic way, and you just have to. Um, I just I. You just have to like pull people close to you that are important to you. You have to love on them and make sure you're getting love as well. And you got to take care of yourself. Um, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just, I'm still trying to figure that out, how to take care of myself <laughs> in this time because it's uh, just the other day I was um, at the, well, actually it was yesterday, I was at the grocery store and I saw someone that looked like my brother and I just like I was like let me get back home because I just I couldn't be out in public anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. So I came back here and then uh, kind of had a little sad moment here and then um, then I went back out again because I just needed to like not uh, be in the house and so I just went out met up with a friend of mine for a short time then I came back to the apartment mm -hmm. but um, but yeah so. Um, I think the older, I guess the old me would have like maybe stayed at the apartment and just kind of wild a little bit more, which is fine as well, because it's um, this, it's something that I'm just, I've never experienced before. And so I'm just, and um, and I want to impart this on to people, like uh, whatever you're going through, um, uh, whatever your reaction is, um, it's okay. Um, because you are you and you are going to react to a situation totally different than anybody else in this world because 
there's no one else like you. Um, there's no one else can feel like you feel. No one else can um, look at things like you do. Um, no one else can experience things like you do. So however you um, handle um, a tragedy, um, be okay with that. Um, and you're gonna have people like you go, you shouldn't do this, well, you shouldn't do that. You have to, you have to mourn in your own way. Mm-hmm. And no one else can tell you how to mourn. And so um, I just wanna impart that to um, anyone that needs to hear it. Um, Cause there's gonna be a lot of, it could be family members too. Like my mom and dad, they're amazing human beings. So like they've never, they haven't like, you know said I should do this or whatever, whatever. But, um, but you could have family members or friends that'll, that'll be like, well, you should do this because yada, yada, yada. And, um, and it may not be right for you because you may not, um, it may not resonate with you what they're suggesting, you know? Um, so you gotta mourn in your own way and in your own time. Like there's no um, timeline on grief as well. So don't ever, ever, I don't care who it is, do not ever like make someone, um, make someone, um, have someone make you feel like you have to um, have a time limit. You gotta, you gotta get over this person at a, you know, at a certain point. It could be like a breakup or death or whatever it is. You mourn in your own time, so. Absolutely. Yeah. And just by sharing about him, you are memorializing him. And I really appreciate you sharing with me today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, he was, uh, my brother was a good guy. Um, He had some mental issues. um, And uh, so he didn't have an easy life. Um, And part of my mourning is um, just, uh, um, I'm just uh, like the other day, I was just imagining like what he was going through because, you know, people, when they come across someone with like, um, like a mental disability or whatever, um, they're not kind. They're not, they're not always kind. They make, they make fun of the person or what have you. And so, um, and, um, part of my morning is like, um, realizing that some people just were not nice to him because the way he was and that's just it's sick it's uh immoral and uh and i grieve for um him in that way like i just wish um and not everyone was mean to him but it was just uh, there was some certain people that were that were and um and of course that gets into that got into his his head you know and um so uh, I just, I mourn um, the struggles that he had to go through. And I wish, I just wish I could take that pain away, you know? Um, yeah. I'm sorry, it's just. No, no need to apologize. Grief, it comes in waves. And that's another thing I wanna to impart to people. Like it's, there are gonna be people in your life that are, that are different than you. And there's, that gives you no license to, like hate on them or make fun of them because they're a human being as well. And you wouldn't want that to happen to you. So why are you doing that to other people? Like stop the bullying, stop the hate, stop everything. It's sick, it's immoral, and it's not human. So. Thank you. That's a good note to end on. Just treat people yeah. kindly, lovingly. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Maurice. I oh, really you're appreciate welcome. your candor. I. Thank you so much.
You're welcome. I hope, oh my goodness. <laughs> Thank you. You're, thank you for um, having me, um, and um, I'm honored that um, I'm honored that um, you feel that my voice is uh, relevant. So I I really appreciate that. So thank you. Absolutely. As a teacher, I recognize that every single person, their voice matters. You, yeah. there's only one Maurice Wilson in the world. You're like a star in the universe, shining brightly. And so yeah. I thank you so much for your time. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I'll, I'll sign off and say thank you so much. Um, my name is Sonia Killebrew and this is the Oral History Project, Black America and COVID.